got a shadow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is so good to see everyone here this morning. Are you thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Yes. Thankful to be here among God's people with the presence of God. And I believe that anything is possible today. And uh, it's good to have so many new faces. And it's good to have my good friends, the Ingrams, with us today. So thankful to have them. Why don't we give our guest a hand clap of appreciation? <laughs> Great things are happening at High Point, and we are excited about that. We're also excited about a birthday. Drum roll, please. <laughs> There's a good one. We got some. All right. All right. All right. Man, that's awesome. Uh, Ella. It's your birthday. Woohoo. Look at that beautiful smile. Would you come up here and let us sing to you? Happy birthday. Would you would you do that? Okay, okay. Well, we're going to sing to you. Well, she is. I'm going to lip sync with her. Uh, no, y'all better help me. A happy birthday to you. A happy birthday to you. May you feel Jesus near every day. A happy birthday. Birthday to you and the best year you've ever had. So good to see those smiles out there. Amen. I guess we'll go ahead and let some of these folks leave. Uh, okay, okay. Y'all, Sunday school, you are dismissed. Be good. Be kind. That's a good sign, I guess, when half the congregation goes to children's Sunday school. We're excited about what God is doing in our children and also in the adults, right? We're excited about just everything that God is doing. And I know the ladies are, you're, you, you come back from ladies' conference, ladies' retreat, whatever you're calling it these days, and you're just ready, you're ready for anything today, right? Ready to face face all the things. And retire? Well, it doesn't sound like that then. Okay. Well, we're just glad to that you all received blessings, I'm sure. And um, we're going to receive one today. 
because God's going to meet us where we are, and he's going to increase our faith. He's going to increase our understanding. He's going to help us. And um, it's, it's Palm Sunday, and uh, this, is a, this is a week that, um, that we reflect on a lot of things, a lot of things that uh, Jesus accomplished within the last week of his life on earth. And uh, I don't think that's, I don't think that we just reflect on those moments. I think we think about those things a lot, don't we? We think about what Jesus did for us, what he's doing for us, amen, and what he'll do through us. We just, we serve a great, a great God. And I want us to look uh, into John chapter 12, and we will, we will read verses 12 through 19. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees, and that's where we get Palm Sunday, and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people thereof, therefore that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for they, had, they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. And for a few moments this morning, I want to minister from this subject, this thought, Save Now. It's Palm Sunday, and today we begin a celebration for what Jesus would finish in his last week on earth. We can read through the Gospels and see how Jesus finished it. But what do you think it would have been like to walk with him through it all? What do you think it would have been like to walk with him down that road that he traveled on, learning from him? experiencing things as they came, experiencing the fulfillment of prophecy as they happened in that moment. There were many times Jesus walked into Jerusalem, but this week was different. All four Gospels show us the crowd and what they were doing as he entered into Jerusalem. And they were all shouting the same thing. And it was, it was a passage from Psalm chapter 118. 
verses 25 and 26. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Save now, the scripture says. And this was the shout, the cry of the people. And when they would say Hosanna, they were saying, save now. It was a great celebration, a triumphal entry because the king has come to bring us victory, to save us from Roman oppression. But wait, what is he riding? Were they out of horses? You can almost hear, is that a donkey? We see Jesus descending upon Jerusalem and, and at, one, at one point Jesus wept over, over Jerusalem. He wept over the condition of Jerusalem. And we could almost visualize this in that moment when he was entering Jerusalem to see that he was most likely brought into Jerusalem with about 256,000 sheep who were being prepared for Passover. A paschal lamb riding, riding a donkey into Jerusalem. The king. The king, but who is this king? What is he trying to accomplish? Did they remember the prophecy found in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9? Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt the foal of an ass. Thy king cometh unto thee. He is just. And he is, he has salvation. It's with him because he's the savior. He's the savior of the day. But they did not know. They could not perceive what had happened in themselves. They were blind. They were blind because of what the enemy had done. Because of sin in their life. The God, the lowercase God, the lowercase G God of this world had blinded their eyes. They, he had kept the blinders on them, but there was, there was a Savior who was coming to set them free. He was coming to make them free. He come to bring victory. He is just and having salvation. Maybe they forgot the rest, of the rest of the passage there. He is lowly. And he is riding on a beast of burden. He did not ride into Jerusalem to overthrow the Roman Empire. Because that wasn't their problem. 
The Roman Empire wasn't their problem. And if we can fast forward and talk about today, the government of the United States is not the problem. The kingdoms of this world are not the problem. There's an even greater problem that Jesus, he had a target that he was walking toward. He wanted to truly bring freedom to the captive. He wanted those to step out of the prison cell and truly experience freedom. And that was not going to happen by who was in office. That wasn't going to happen by the king of the earth. It was going to happen by the king of the kings and the Lord of the lords. He would bring Salvation. Save now, they shouted. But the truth is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's in office. It doesn't matter who the king is of the earth. It doesn't matter what what power and principality of power. It does not matter what earthly thing. It doesn't matter the bondage. Because if somebody is going to step in the office as a, as a savior of the, of the world and they step into an earthly realm, they'll never experience true freedom. There is not one king, there is not one president, there is not one prince, there is not one leader that can bring deliverance. And so the real issue was why they were being held captive and why they were in bondage. It was because of their own sin. And when they would cry out for deliverance after the Lord let them, let them get what they wanted. He would go ahead and hand them over to the thing that, uh, that they desired, that they longed for. And you know what? You know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of looking into the face of those who want out, but they don't want to separate themselves from the world. They don't want to separate themselves from the very thing that has opened the door to addiction, that has opened the door to bondage. Listen, if somebody wants out, it's got to be more than a temporary save now. Because in that day, that's what they were shouting, save now. But what they wanted, they wanted temporary relief from the Roman oppression. But Jesus said, no, I'm going after the thing that has held you captive all these years. And I'm going to bring you out. They would cry out for deliverance and God would liberate them. But they could not be faithful. Their biggest problem was not external, but internal. Our biggest problem here today is not what we face when we leave this place and we get into our car and we go to our homes and we step foot on our job. Our biggest our biggest problem is not the external. It's the, it's the war inside. It's the internal thing. It's the, it's the thing that Paul said. I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind. It's bringing me into captivity, the law of sin. But you know what? We got this power because of Jesus. We got this power because of Jesus to not be in bondage. The biggest problem was external, not internal. Because sin had dominion, and that's the real oppression. When somebody can't get away from addiction, sin has dominion over them. When somebody can't get rid of fear, they can't get rid of anxiety, they can't get out of the depression, they can't get out of that place that they've been. Listen, they're, they're under the dominion of something else. 
and and this is what will happen. And, you know, just here here very recently, you know, I've had a conversation. I've, I have conversations with people all the time, and and people. People who, who want deliverance and they want out. They want freedom, but yet they're not willing to change the environment that they are in. They're not willing to embrace a different atmosphere or a different lifestyle. And the problem with, the, with, with dealing with that situation is there's, you can't do anything for them. Jesus can't do anything for them. When somebody refuses to be delivered or to be saved, you tie the hands of a Savior. Somebody has to walk into redemption willingly. Somebody has to say, I want out. I no longer want this to be a part of my life or a part of my existence. I don't want this, I don't want this identity. I want a new name. I want to step into the newness of life. And when somebody makes it up in their mind, I'm going to the altar and I'm meeting the God who will deliver me. They will experience deliverance. Jesus rode in with salvation, but it wasn't the saving they wanted. The crowd who shouted, Hosanna. The crowd who laid down their cloaks and who laid down the palm branches. The crowd who said, save now. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna would be the same crowd who would shout, crucify Because you're bringing us a redemption we don't want. You're bringing us a saving we don't understand. Because when people, when people want to be saved, they want to understand. They want the play-by-play of how it's going to work out. I'll only let you save me if you tell me how my life is going to be from here on out, Jesus. If you tell me that everything is going to be all right and I'll never have to experience uh, fear, I'll never have to experience addiction, I'll never have to experience temptation. But the truth is, it does not matter. It does not matter how you get here and you, and you walk through that door. When you go and you face those things, you'll have the strength and the courage uh, to be victorious. It's not about you. It's about Jesus working through you. And he is willing to save now but are you willing to accept his terms people were confused they wanted a certain savior his disciples didn't even understand until after he had been glorified and that's what John chapter 12 and verse 16 tells us these things understood not his disciples at the first I believe, I believe there was a lot of unknown things that the disciples walked with as they followed Jesus. It's not, it's not anything new. That's, that's kind of how we do it, right? 
We're trying to, we're trying to, we're trying to get through life. We're trying to get through life and let God accomplish his will and purpose in our life. And sometimes we're like, is it here? Is it there? I need direction. And you know what the Lord is saying? Listen, just follow, follow my presence, follow my spirit and I'll take you there. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't try to figure this out. You trust me that I have the power and the ability to get you there. Don't try to. Don't try to make up plan B or some alternate route. No, you follow me. But I don't understand, Jesus. I don't understand. I don't understand how to. But listen, you know what? Because the disciples didn't understand how to, Jesus was willing to take the time to show them how. You know, today, I think... I think we have been bound by by an idea that we are an, uh, that we are unable to attain because we experience the new birth. We think that just somehow magically we're supposed to be able to just do it all and know it all and have all the revelation and have all the understanding and be able to walk in the power of the authority. Listen, we have to learn how to do that. We have to grow in our knowledge and the grace, uh, grow in the knowledge of the grace and the uh, uh, glow. I'll get it eventually. Grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to grow. We have to be led by him. We have to walk after him. And when it doesn't make sense, we got to keep walking. Got to keep marching. Got to keep trusting. I'm going to follow him through it all. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. They, they knew Finally, the Messiah is here, but we don't understand what he is doing. Anybody in the congregation understand what Jesus is doing? There is not one hand raised up, and I could probably, I could probably ask nations that question. Does anybody know what Jesus is doing? And it'll be the same response. We don't know. We don't have a clue. And that's why you got to stay close to him. If we had it all figured out, we'd, we'd carve our own path. We'd go our own way. We'd say, Lord, you've already shown me what I need to do. I don't need you anymore. I don't need you to save me now. You've already fulfilled that for me. You've already saved me. I got my temporary relief, and now I'm going to carve my path to my destiny. Because here, this is the truth. This is the truth of what they were shouting. Hosanna, Hosanna. They were saying, Jesus, we want you to restore our kingdom and return it to what it used to be. How many, how many people are stuck in that process of, of wanting to go back to the way things used to be? We don't want the new apostolic church. We want to go back to the way that it used to be because they did things differently. Oh, I remember the services that they had. Remember how many conversations that you had with the bobby pins flew out? Oh, we witnessed those things. We witnessed those miraculous things, those life-changing events. But somehow my focus is fixed on yesterday and not the future or not even the present when God desires to do something mighty right now. They wanted the old thing back. 
they didn't know that the dis, that, that that dispensation that they were living in was coming to an end and there would be a new one with a new king building a kingdom without end Isaiah wrote this kingdom would be on his shoulders and how the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end it did not take the turn that they wanted though because they had their own kingdom in mind how many people come and this is what I believe we ought to be we ought to be doing better as the church is preparing people for the destruction of their own kingdoms Listen, when you come here, listen, that kingdom has to crumble. If you're going to truly experience and and be led where God's trying to take his people to, your kingdom must crumble. You can't live in your kingdom and have his. You've got to surrender it all. Sometimes we just get people in the church and our, our focus is getting them filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. And then we say, there you go without the confrontation that the Holy Ghost is going to bring to them about their kingdom. Well, they didn't tell me this would happen. They didn't tell me that this thing, this roadblock would keep coming back to me over and over and over again. How many people left the church because they were set up for failure? Because no one said, listen, you have to say, not my will, but thy will be done. You have to say, I've been bought with a price, so I'm going to glorify God in my body and in my spirit. Uh, uh, you have to say, I'm no longer my own. Jesus, we want you to restore our kingdom. That's what they were waiting on. They were waiting. You know what they were waiting on? They were waiting on an earthly king because they had this idea in their mind that the earthly king was responsible for their prosperity. How many apostolics out there said, you know what? We can't do anything without Donald Trump in the office. The truth is, Jesus doesn't need political advantage. You know what he said to the powers to be in that time? He said, Pilate, you don't have the power. He said, the only way you can crucify me is because the power's been given to you to do it. Because that's the will of God. It did not take the turn that they wanted because they had their kingdom in mind. What we really want is a kingdom of prosperity. We don't want to struggle. We want a king to avenge the ones who have wronged us. In essence, we want our kingdom on his shoulders. Isaiah 9 and 6 spoke uh, spoke of a day where the, the kingdom would be on his shoulders. Uh, if we're not careful, we'll try to place our kingdom on his shoulders. Lord, I want you to cater to my ideas. I want you to cater to my giftings and my talents. And sometimes I think we're more anointed than, than Jesus. Now, he did say the greater things that you'll do, but the only thing that... The only reason we can do that is because it'll be the Spirit of God working through us. Save now. 
but the way we want it. Listen, this came to me as I was preparing this. First Samuel chapter 8, verse 3 through 7. I, I began to think about this. This is exactly what Israel wanted. They wanted to be saved from an earthly king. And as his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment, then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and to Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. Samuel was disgruntled at what he heard. It troubled him. It disturbed him. But don't you think it disturbed God? Don't you think it disturbed him? How often do we, do we find ourselves in a, in a position where, where we're trying to avenge God? Or we're trying to say, God, this is what you need to do in this situation. You know, and then verse, we get to verse 7. And, and the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people. Give them. Give them what they want. And all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. That I should not reign over them. So I don't, I don't, I don't believe that this ever left Israel. I, I believe this was something that they were wanting to happen when, when, Jesus, when he, Jesus rode in on that donkey. This is the king that's going to be sitting on the throne. And he's going he's to be just like, uh, like every other nation. He's going to bring us into that prosperity. He's going to bring us to that place of blessedness. He is going to reverse this thing. God, we want you to save us. I have to wonder if that is the message that we send him at times. We gather in buildings and sometimes expect him to do what he expects us to do. We want him to serve us, but he wants us to serve him. There's a bit of confusion there. I think sometimes we approach him in a way that says, God, I need you to cater to my needs. Save me. Save me out of this problem. Save me out of this thing. Deliver me from this moment of turmoil. And then, you know, it's almost like we could hear the Lord saying, so you can go right back to it. When somebody comes up and says, I want you to pray for me that God would deliver me. Why? So you can go right back to that life. I think we can waste our prayers. We can waste our time if somebody's not willing to really be saved. Lord, save me now from this momentary affliction. Save me now from this thing. No, I want, I want to be saved from everything that I face. And so that means i got to change my life. I gotta follow the Lord. I gotta chase after Him. If He's gonna really truly, if He's gonna save me, I gotta follow Him all the way home. 
Let's look at John chapter 12, verse 20 through 26. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and and telleth Andrew, and again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus, Jesus, there are some Greeks that want to see you. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And then before we get into this discourse here, I believe sometimes, just like these Greeks, I believe some, sometimes people just want to come to see Jesus. They don't want to follow him. Lord, I just want to see you do something. I want to see what you're capable of before I follow you. I want to see with my eyes. Let me see Jesus. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And then, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. There was a uh, these proselytes, these Greek proselytes who, who came to worship, right? And they wanted Jesus. And just like we've already mentioned, they want to see Jesus. And some, sometimes seeing is not good enough. When he's calling us to die. Many want to see Jesus because of the miracles or maybe because of what they might get out of it. But Jesus always speaks to the real motives. He always speaks to the, to the agendas. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Jesus was speaking of what? he would accomplish through his death. But he was also teaching all of us here today and all of them in that day. He was teaching them what they must be willing to do. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. And he said to them all, if any man, Will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. What Jesus says doesn't make sense to our natural understanding. When he begins to talk about death, how can death bring increase? That's not that's not the way our world sees increase. How? How can death bring increase? Now listen to what he did. He attaches how his death will bring increase. How 
will he save, and that is through his death. So how can we be saved? It has to go through death. Death has to be part of being saved. Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and the foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Jesus would die to gain victory over death. Let that sink in for a minute. Jesus had to die to gain victory over death. The only path for the pains of death to be loosed is through death. How are you going to rise in the newness of life without dying first? How are we going to thrive in the spirit if there's not a cross? Unless the grain of wheat falls and dies and abideth alone. If there is no death, then all there is is yourself. There's so many, there's so many things, there's so many directions we can go with this. If I, listen, if I don't die to myself, I'll wander in myself. If, if I'm trying to find God's will and purpose for my life, I got to die first. Or else I'll be like trying to find out what I want. What, what I want in God. I want this, God. I want to do this. And that's the problem. We can't dictate to God what we want to do. He allows us to do things. He gives us gifts and talents, but we can't trade them. I want yours. God didn't call you to have somebody else's calling or somebody else. He called you to die to it so you can walk with him to victory, so you can be loose from the pains of death. We have to die to our ideas. He rode into Jerusalem with salvation. He is the author of salvation. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he establishes salvation through death. Well, that'll go over well in these big churches, won't it? The Lord is going to bless your bank accounts uh, threefold if you die to yourself. The way that he brings increase into our life is through death. How will I increase in my calling 
and my giftings. How will I increase in, in my walk with the Lord, in my knowledge, and, 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 and the things that God desires to take me to? How will I experience increase? Death. How will I bear fruit? Death. There are, there are people in our world who don't want to die to themselves. And people, people who don't want to die to themselves struggle to say, I'm sorry. Because they never see themselves as being wrong. I think about people who have been blessed and called of the Lord to walk in his ways, who, who, who might be trying to lead God's people through an unsubmitted perspective. Who are indeed not dead. Why, why is it important that we, we carry the cross daily? It's to make sure that we are dead. Dead to the world. Dead to the culture. Dead to, tra- to tradition. And dead to the things that, that, would, that would harm and hurt what God's trying to do, what he's trying to build. How will I walk in the power of his spirit? Death. How am I going to get there? Death. We can't determine how to do it. We can't tell God. God, this is what we want. This is what we expect. This is what we're... We can can hope. We can pray. We can believe for God to do things. But listen, if God doesn't want to do it, He doesn't have to. And we have to die to anything different. Okay, God. Okay, God. How will I conquer the enemies in my life? Death. How will you conquer the enemies in your life? Die out to the idea that you can figure it out on your own without God. You have to die to that. How can I be fruitful and multiply and build his kingdom with him? Death. It's the only way. We must die to what we think. We must die to what we expect. We must die to our plans and our purpose. We must die to ourself. He has salvation. I must die with him to be saved. When he rode into Jerusalem, I can, I can see him we can go there and see him weeping over Jerusalem and see what they were doing. They were busy. They were doing things. They were, they were worried. They were, they were worried, right? They were running around worried, anxious, anxious about what was going to happen, fearful, intimidated, wanting this king to come and valiantly charge into town and, and overthrow and set everything right. 
There was so much corruption going on in the day. There was so much corruption going on in the temple. People were lukewarm. They were broken. They were, and they didn't realize that they were broken. They were just, they were trying to buy themselves time by, by, by just bringing empty sacrifices or, you know what, God, I don't have time to consecrate myself, so I'm just going to run by the 7-Eleven and pick up my lamb and pick up my dove. Um, uh, you know what, I'm a, little, I'm a little broke right now, God, because I've spent all my money on riotous living, but you know what, I'll stop by the 7-Eleven and I'll pick me up at least a dove. At least, a, at least some kind of sacrifice, at least some kind of something to bring into the house. Jesus went over Jerusalem. I wonder how many churches Jesus is weeping over in this hour. I don't want to be a church that Jesus sees empty ritual, no consecration, no time for anything else. We're too busy building our own kingdoms. We're too busy doing our things. We're too busy involved in all the other things that take precedence over him. We got a greater emphasis and a greater priority on all the other things. And and the Lord gets the leftovers. He gets what's left. Now, the Lord can work with what's left. He can work in those moments, and he can work in our life after the enemy has ravaged our life and, and brought us into, into a place of, of uh, you know, despair. God can take what, what the enemy had tried to waste and destroy, our life, and he can utilize. He can do something good in that. But I want to be part of the church of the living God that's actually letting him work and flow and build. I want to be working with him and not against him. I work against him when I say in my will. John 12 and 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. What was Jesus saying? He who has an attachment to his life, this life, is actually going to lose it. Because this is the truth. The real dictator of our life is what we treasure. Is our treasure past, present, or future? We can learn from our past while living in the present hoping for a future. But our treasure has to be Him. Our treasure has to be Him. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, there will your, there will your heart be be also. Matthew 12 and 35. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Matthew 13 and 44. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he, that he hath and buyeth that field. Does anybody remember when you found that treasure? When you found the treasure of the kingdom of heaven and you came broken to an altar and you said, God, I need you to help me. I surrender my life. It's in that moment that you found that treasure and you're saying, God, I'm willing. I'm willing to sell all and buy this field. I'm willing to sell all and invest in this field. I'm willing to give my entire life to this field. How often do we come to them? Do we come to him and say, save now. But I found a different treasure. I no longer need this field. I need you to, I need you to save now what I want saved. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. And Jesus beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Mark recorded Jesus standing, or he was stating the way to have treasure in heaven is to be loosed from earthly attachments to come, then come and take up the cross and follow him. Let's stand. You hear the rattle of the pages that our children are bringing in. The palm branches. Hosanna, Hosanna. I'm thankful to know the one who can save now. And I believe that God is going to do some saving today. I believe he's going to save us from ourselves. I believe he's going to save us out of our thinking. He's going to save us out of our insecurities. He's going to save us out of the things that we try to control. Ah, there's something there. He's going to save us from trying to control everything. I believe God's going to save us. And he's going to do a work today to do that. Amen. Let's take a few moments. Greet your brother and sister. And uh, let's come back ready to worship. Let's let the Lord have his way. Amen.
Well, we're filling up. Why don't we uh, stand to our feet and let's let's enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Let's lift up his name for a moment here before we get started. God, we praise you. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for meeting us in this moment, God, impacting our life in such a special way. We believe, Lord, that there is a work to be done in this house. And you know where we are. You know each one of us and what we are in need of. Before we stepped into this building, God, you've seen our life. You heard it in our words. Lord, you've seen it in our thoughts. And you are here today to minister. And I believe, Lord, that somebody's life will be changed. I believe that somebody's life will experience increase that there would be increase of understanding released in this house. Lord, visit your people with revelation. Let it rest upon us today, God, as we give you our life. We give you our voice. We give you our words. We sing hallelujah. We cry holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, visit us in this house, Lord. You're worthy of praise, worthy of glory and honor, Lord. And we lift our voice collectively here today to honor you, to praise you, that you would inhabit the praises of your people, that your anointing would rest upon us today like a mantle. Let it destroy every yoke of bondage in this house and bring true freedom in this place. Lord, let there be a freedom of worship, a freedom of expression. Let your people, Lord, find boldness and liberty in the house of prayer, in the house of the Lord. Let there be a cry heard from this sanctuary. Let there be a cry heard from our life, from our voice. Let there be a cry today. Lord, release your power. Release your anointing. Release your favor. Release your peace and strength in this house. Release the demonstration of your power in this house, God. And we'll never cease to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it, God. Bring increase in here, Lord, today. Bring increase in this house, God. Lord, change us. Change us by your spirit. Amen. We're going to encourage you today to, to bring your offering to the Lord. And when you do that, uh, make it up in your, in your mind. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to just bring my money. I'm not just going to bring an offering. I'm going to bring my life. I'm going to bring my voice. I'm going to bring everything that I am into alignment with worship. And I'm going to lift my voice. And I'm going to cry out to the living God who is able to save now. God, we pray that you would release that Lord and every giver Lord that there would be a freedom of worship in this house let's worship our king today for a moment oh why don't we just lift our hands lift our voices can we let out a holy roar in this house to the Lord Tried with all my might. Oh, but I just can't. 
choice but to believe my doubts are burning oh like ashes in the wind yeah. oh so so long to my old friends all of that burden all that bitterness they can't just keep it moving oh they're not welcome here listen from now till I
place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, because He healed my heart. He changed my name. Yes, He did. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior, I thank God. loose today. Come on, there's some movement going on in this house. People are beginning to worship. People are beginning to sing. People are lifting their voice. They're moving in the right direction. Uh, let's not quench that. Uh, let's not quench the spirit of, the, of this hour right now. And that's to move closer. Let's move closer to the Lord. Let's draw closer to Him. Let's not resist anything that the Lord would be trying to accomplish today. Uh, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. All things are possible. Come on, before we move any further, get that into your mind right now. All things are possible. With God, all things are possible. With God, anything that I face is possible to face it. It's possible to face it. 
the situation that I'm, that, that I'm looking at right now, it's not impossible. Because I serve the God of the impossible. I serve the one who can turn it all around. I serve the one who can bring healing. I serve the one who can bring deliverance. I serve the one who can save now. Save now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to give you an opportunity to be prayed for. Maybe you're in need right now of the Lord to save you. You need Him to save you. You need Him to heal you. You need Him to deliver you. You need Him to do a work in your life. I want you without hesitation to move forward to this altar where we can pray. We can extend our faith and the promise that God will meet us where our faith is and that He'll bring deliverance. He'll bring the answer to our dilemma. He'll bring the, the answer to our situation. And we're going we're gonna to move in faith and allow God to move in this house. Amen. Church, if you'll extend your hand toward these that are in need, and we're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to believe God to do a work in their life. It's not some kind of magic trick. It's the promise that we have been given. And if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So today is the day that there shall be recovery in the name of Jesus. And that's what we're going to pray and believe. Church, let's pray. Oh.
presence of the Lord is here in such a mighty way. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Can we just lift our hands right now and just thank him. Thank him for what he's doing in this place, what he's doing in every life. If God has done something in you over these past two few weeks, why don't you just thank him right now? I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah.
sing say your name is holy your name is worthy your name is Jesus. hey listen God wants to break something loose in you right now your name is but you've got to worship him you've got to praise him Your name is holy, your name is worthy, your name is Jesus. Your name is holy, your name is worthy, your name Jesus Christ, my King. Oh. 
nothing can stand against what a beautiful name it is the name of jesus i just feel like we got to stay in this moment right here right now oh for just a few more seconds oh i feel like there's rest in the house for somebody right now rest in your mind you've been battling and you've been warring God he says come to me all ye that are weary and heavy laden I will give you rest I feel like there's rest in the house for you there's rest in this place oh there's rest in this place yeah Oh, if that's you, would you just lift up your hands, cry out, say, God, it's me. It's me, Lord. I need it, Jesus. It's me, Lord. I need rest in my mind, God. I need rest in my spirit, Jesus. I need healing in my body, God. embrace it right now embrace what the Lord is doing somebody embrace what God is speaking what God is releasing. Come on, you feel something right now you've never felt before. Church, 
Listen to me right now. When Jesus said, Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. He that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. I believe there is some life in this house. Maybe there's something that's happened that what was dead has now come to life in this moment. But listen, there is still grave clothes and there can still be grave clothes even though there is life, even though there has been a miracle and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, listen, he saith unto them, unto those who are around Lazarus, loose him and let him go. Why don't you reach over to your neighbor and loose him? You might not know what they're going through and what's going on in their life. Maybe the Lord has brought something back to life inside of them that was dead. And they just need somebody to loose them. Loose them. Why don't you reach over and say, I loose you in the name of Jesus. Come out of the grave clothes. I loose you to step into life. Come out, Lazarus. Loose Lazarus and let him go. Loose him and let him go. Loose your neighbor. If you can't lose your neighbor, let your other neighbor loose you. I loose you in the name of Jesus. I loose you from the grip of what was dead in your life. I loose you and release you to receive it in the name of Jesus. Somebody, somebody cries, save now. Hosanna, Hosanna. Save us. Save your people. Save them from themselves. Save them from the calamity. Save them from the trouble of their own hand. Save them from the fear of the enemy. Save them from the bondage that they've walked with. Come on, I'm talking to a Lazarus right now. You've been in the tomb and the Lord has called you back to life. I lose you to step into it in the name of Jesus. Receive your deliverance in the name of Jesus. Receive your freedom in the name of Jesus. 
lose you from traditional fear. I lose you from the fear that has kept you outside of the throne room. I release you to step into his throne room and receive your strength and receive your breakthrough. I lose you and let you go. Hey, listen, the enemy has told you that you cannot approach him, that you are not good enough, that you are not faithful enough, that you've got too many issues and too many flaws in your life. The enemy has 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 convinced you to stay in the tomb. Oh, even though you feel the heartbeat you've never felt before and you heard the words you've never heard before. Listen, come out of the grave clothes. I loose you from them in the name of Jesus. Death could not hold him and death will not hold you. Why? Because he brought it to life in you. who he says live to what can stand in the way who can stand in the way I believe there's deep rest a deep work of restoration in this house
of Almighty God. Come on, let's reverence His presence with praise and adoration. if you can close your eyes right now close your eyes all around all through this place if somehow we can catch a glimpse of who and what is in this house tonight that the king of kings and the lord of lords is in this house but he's not in here he's not in here alone I believe there's an angelic host in this house where the presence of the Lord is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is something supernatural in this house. And I got to get into this place. I got to get into this moment. Lord, help us visualize where we are and what we are surrounded by. The enemies try to close in around us and try to get us to 
be pulled back into a place of worry and fretting. But in this house, Lord, oh, there is a number. There is a number of the angelic host and your glory. Lord, we thank you for this encounter. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your ministry. You're ministering to your people. The strength in this house, God. Give us eyes of faith to see it and ears to hear the sound of heaven in this house. People of God, let all of heaven Listen to me. Now that you visualize it, now that you've put yourself in that place to seek God in His glory and the angels surrounding Him. Listen, now it's time. Since you've got the attention of heaven, let heaven know how much you need Him. The will of heaven has descended to earth and in this moment there is supernatural power you just need the eyes of faith to see it and to believe it so Lord I know that you're in our midst right now and so I'm going to lift my voice Lord hear my cry Lord see my tears Lord hear my voice and know it's you that I need it's you that I'm desperate for I don't need anyone else but you God I know only you can satisfy only you can make whole only you can save now and so I cry Hosanna Hosanna save your people save me now deliver me from bondage deliver me from the afflictions deliver me from the evil deliver me from the thing that I have embraced deliver me from the lies deliver me Lord hear my cry I believe the Lord is trying to break through the barriers of human understanding right now. Bring every thought into captivity. 
We bring it, Lord, into the obedience that you've called us to. The obedience of your word. The obedience. We obey, God. Break through. Break through the barriers. We surrender, Lord, our mind. We yield to you our mind. We surrender to you our thoughts, God. We turn to you, Lord, that you'd you'd lift the thing from our minds. That you'd bring a separation in in our mind, in our thoughts, God. Separate the thoughts that keep us, that keep us in bondage. Jesus, lift them, lift the oppressive, lift the oppressive thoughts from our life. Lift the years of man's captivity from our life. Lift the captivity of our understanding from our life, God. And let us receive with faith. Help us to receive with faith what you're trying to impart, what you're trying to implant, what you're trying to change, God. Help us to receive it right now. Lord, we need you.
Can you just love him right now? Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for responding. To the praise of your people. Thank you, God, for moving into this place the way that you have. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it's challenging to figure out how to move in the Spirit. But we're here because we want to try. And we want God to do a work. That changes us. Changes us from the inside out. I don't believe it's a coincidence that God has brought you here to this assembly. And we believe that when God brings somebody here or when He brings somebody to a church that they connect to Him. That's home. That's home. And I want, I want you to know if you feel that here. Maybe the Lord is just trying to get you to come home. And be a part of something that's going to lead you to Him ultimately. This is a, a day that we have, we have talked about our children. We have talked about the triumphal entry, the Palm Sunday or Passion Sunday, however you want to say it. And our children have made these, these uh, pages into palm branches. It's a day that we have 
an opportunity to reflect on what Jesus accomplished in his, la- in his last week on earth. The way he had been walking. Now he would come back. He would come back to his people. And he would walk earth in a different way. Through people. And we, we have the privilege to be part of that, of what God is doing on this earth. And I believe that you're here today because you love God. And you, you want that for your life. You want something different for your life. Maybe you haven't been able to see it for yourself. Maybe you've tried all kinds of things only to come up short to find fulfillment or find some kind of thing to replace that. But what I believe is happening in this hour is God is is awakening people. He's calling them and people are responding. Now what I want to tell you today is don't resist that. Don't resist God calling you. Because I'll be the first to tell you, God will take you into places you've never thought were possible. Don't listen to the enemy that says that you're not good enough and you can't do it. I want you to know, everyone everyone under the sound of my voice has opportunity to be saved from yourself to be saved from the things in your life that have held you back held you down had you in bondage now maybe maybe it's a generational curse maybe that's a thing that resonates with you it's a generational thing that's a, that's affected your life maybe it's alcoholism or drug drug addiction or maybe it's depression Maybe it's loneliness or isolation, things that you struggle with, that your family struggled with, and their, their parents, and so forth. The only way you can get through those things is for that, gen- that curse to be broken. And I'm telling you, there is a Savior who will save now. He will rescue now. If you, I tell I tell everyone that I talk to about rescue, about redemption, about deliverance. If you want out, God will bring you out. It's contingent on you wanting out. If you want freedom, God will give you freedom. If you want deliverance, God will give you deliverance. Whatever you need, God will give it to you. And I believe God will give it to you instantly. If you truly want out, God will give it to you. I don't believe that it has to be a prolonged deal. I don't believe it has to be some kind of thing that takes years and years and years. I believe if you truly want out, God will bring it into your life and take you out. I truly believe that. But what happens is we, our minds, our brains get in the equation and mess everything up. 
would begin to analyze everything and think about all the things that could go wrong, all the things that, you know, that could be said or done, and all, all the feelings that I have, all the emotional. Our mind sometimes controls those things in our life. And, and that's why some people just go right back. They go right back to the thing, whatever the thing is. We all have a thing or have had a thing, right? Only you know what that thing is. Well, God knows what that thing is. But I believe what happened when Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem is that there were people who wanted to be saved, but they didn't realize that they needed to be saved from themselves. They they didn't know. And one of the things I think God does for us is he ministers to us and allows us to see things that we couldn't see by ourselves. Like there's a supernatural uh, thing that comes to us to show us something we couldn't see on our own. Just like in the in the service that we've been in today, God met us here. And I believe God has shown you something individually. But God has shown us all something that he knows about. And so what God wants to do is save us now. To save us now from ourselves, To save us from the decisions that we make without his counsel. Israel, whenever they went into bondage, is because that's what they chose. So God will let somebody, if that's truly what they want, he'll let them stay there. I've seen it happen time and time again. If you really want to just stay at the bottom, God will let you. He doesn't want you to be there, but listen, you are the one that determines how you let God move in your life. You can either either embrace Him and let Him bring true freedom to you or or you can just resist and stay. And I believe what God is doing in, in this hour that we are in is, is, is allowing people to see where He can take them. I believe the Lord has shown this church and the people in this church where God can take you if you'll just go after him. I'm not going to preach because I feel like I I just feel something different right now. and I'm trying to just feel after the Lord. It's his church. We are his people. And if anybody knows how to save us, it's him. It's him. Hmm.
And Jesus says, last week, he went into the temple. And he's, he saw the corruption. He saw the... He saw what his house was not. And it caused him to clean it up and to run out, run out those who had corrupted it. My house shall be called the house of prayer. It's a place for anyone. It's a place for whosoever will, let them come. It's a place for people to come, cry out, pray, and, and humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. This gathering that we do on Sundays and Wednesdays is a place for you to pray, to cry out, and to experience, experience all that God has for your life. And to walk in His ways. Let's stand. Could we all could we all close our eyes? And reach toward heaven and ask the Lord to save us. Whatever it might be, you individually. There's something that you're dealing with, something that you're struggling with. And God knows it, and He's saying, Save me. Save me, Lord. Save me now. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Save me now. Bartimaeus, be quiet. Bartimaeus, be quiet. You're disrupting the atmosphere. Bartimaeus, shh. I, be I believe there are some saints in this house who have heard shh from the enemy.
And because you've heard that, you've withdrawn yourself. Because the enemy has said, But is there a Bartimaeus in you today? Save me now. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. I want you to know right now, if you'll cry out to God, if you'll cry out, save me now, the enemy will lead you there. The one who told you to shh will have to let go and make a way for you to get to Jesus. Right now, Jesus, I can sense him. He's near. He's near. He's walking by. Are you going to let him shush you? Are you going to let him tell you to be quiet? Or are you going to say, take me to Jesus? Save me now! I heard his voice. I know he's close. I know he's near. Oh, does he know where I am? Does he know where I am? Jesus! Jesus, I'm over here! I'm over here, God. I'm over here drowning. Drowning in my troubles. I'm over here drowning in my issues. Jesus, save me now. (laughs) That's it. Come on, I hear it. Bartimaeus, I hear it. master hears your voice the master is telling is telling the enemy to make way make room make room for my son make room for my daughter I've heard their cry and I've come to the rescue I'm gonna save now that's it that's it that's it I lose you right now I loose you and let you go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I release you to cry out. Jesus, we defy the enemy today. We defy the lie.
Come on, don't let the Lord go past. Don't let the Lord miss out on hearing your voice. I believe he's been walking. He's been walking in this place, waiting and listening for a cry. Save me. The enemy has told you you'll never make it. You'll never come up out of where you are. Your identity will never change. Your problems will never go away. Your family will never look different. Your life will never look different. You'll never have peace. You'll never have joy. You'll never have those things because God doesn't love you. That's the lie of the enemy. Oh, raise your voice louder than the enemy and say, Jesus, save now! I will be different. My life will change. I will break through. I will step out of the generational curses. Because there's a Savior that's heard my cry. Savior. Don't hide your tears. Don't hide your tears. The Lord sees you. Don't dry your tears. Let Him dry them. Let God dry your tears. Let your tears loose. Loose yourself to weep. Loose yourself to shed tears. Let the Lord see them. Because one day He'll wipe them away. shed some tears for now I'll weep because I know one day there won't be any weeping oh there won't be any crying oh there won't be any turmoil there won't be any fear there won't be any sin one day he will wipe my tears for good
I think some of you are embarrassed. Embarrassed at what people might think of you if they really see what's going on in your life. I think sometimes when we when we when we are broken in a service where God is really ministering to us I think sometimes there's a tendency for us when we when we kind of snap out of it to be embarrassed embarrassed for shedding tears or embarrassed for lifting our voice so there is no reason to be embarrassed because you have all kinds of things going on in your life that you want out of. There's no reason to be embarrassed. Listen, if you would hear everybody's cry that had issues in their life, then you would realize there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Every single one of us, if we would cry the way that we should be crying, through the years we've learned how to live with that inside of us the fear of embarrassing ourselves what will people think if they see me fall apart if you fall apart at an altar it doesn't matter what they think because God is about to save you I don't know why I felt the need to say that, but I just, I feel like that's that's a place that a lot of people struggle with, being embarrassed. And so sometimes we don't do things the way we want to for the fear of embarrassing ourselves.
There's nothing to be embarrassed about. God loves you. He sees you in all your mess. And He loves you. He's reaching for you. We're hopeless and helpless without Him. We all, every single one of us, need Jesus. I'm thankful for the Lord meeting us here. Helping us. We celebrate today a God who is with us, saving us. He's saving us one step at a time until we make heaven our home. We need to cry out, save now. Save me now. Love and appreciate you all. Believe in you. I want you to know that. I believe in you. I believe God sent you here for a reason. And with the help of the Lord, I will do everything that I can to speak into your life what God desires to do in your life. Amen. Let's remember our Tuesday night prayer meeting. And uh, I'll let my wife do the announcements here. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. I can't believe it's already here. And I'm sorry, I don't have much voice, but done a lot of singing and a lot of praying. God is good. But next Sunday is Easter Sunday. We will only have one service, and it will start at noon. So if you normally join us at the 1 o'clock service, you need to be here at noon next Sunday. We'll have one service at noon, so no Sunday school, no children's church, just one service. We will have a dinner next Sunday, and if you are willing to bring something for that dinner, you need to meet me up here right after we dismiss, and we'll talk about the menu for that. We're also going to have an egg hunt. So for those kids, if you want to bring a basket for them to hunt eggs, last year we hid 300 eggs. So we're going to probably have even more than that this year. And we're going to have a candy rain. Um, so Brother Brian's going to get up on a big tall ladder, and we're gonna, it's going to rain down candy. And these kids will have enough candy to last them over a year. I promise it's been proven. My kids still have candy from last year. So, um but I don't let them eat it all the time. But anyway, we'll move on. But so next Sunday at noon, our service, one service. Everybody say one service. At noon, you got it. A dinner following. Meet me after church if you want to bring something for that. Egg hunt, candy rain, choir practice. We had a choir practice today. But if you did not make it to that practice and you still want to sing in the choir next Sunday, be here at 1045. Say 1045. Okay. All ages are welcome to that choir. I've got little bitty ones. You know, there's no age minimum. There's no age maximum. So you're welcome to sing in the choir. Thank you. Uh, one thing, uh, bring a hard hat and safety glasses. It's going to get crazy. Oh, and we do have some candy, but please bring more candy. I'm joking about the hard hat and safety glasses. 
I have one more major announcement that I forgot. I'm going to kick myself if I leave this out. This Saturday, if you want to help with deep cleaning the church, with filling Easter eggs, with setting up for the dinner, with setting up the photo backdrop, because we always have a photo backdrop for families to take pictures at, if you want to help with any of that setup, any of that cleanup, this Saturday at 10 a.m. Thank you. We welcome everyone. Hey, if everyone shows up, you just got to do a little bit. And it's just like, eh, amen. God bless you. Uh, We'll see you Tuesday. And uh, y'all are dismissed in Jesus' name.